0: to follow. Psalms two eight. by the way, you can just kind of, after we get done and you're seated, you can keep your, that Bible open, keep your thumb in it, do something, because we're going to come back to it at the end or, or, or towards the end of the sermon. But, Psalms two eight. by day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I've, I've had a lot of fun with the sermon title, and I think Sister Roche, our resident sermon slide creator, had fun with it. I think she had to go way back because uh, I'm feeling my childhood and my teenage years coming out when you see the slide, but I want to talk to you about the soundtrack of my life, the soundtrack of my life. Doesn't that just bring back some memories right there? You can be seated Just, just let, let's let's just like I said I want to have some fun. It's July 3rd. Y'all can't wait for barbecues and fireworks and festivals and all sorts of crazy things. But is there anybody here? It's probably gonna be the children. Is there anybody here that's never listened to a cassette tape in your life? Never. Man, we th- this is this is just crazy. Anybody ever, how about, how about we change a little bit. How many of you have ever listened to an 8-track tape? Anybody go back to the 33 records? One step further, anybody go back to the 78 RPM records? Only thing I can go back past that is, has anybody ever listened to a cylinder? A few people. That's on my bucket list. I've got, I've got, uh, I've got an, a a record player, a new record player, but I play it all the time. Uh, I've got a seventy-eight. Many of y'all have seen that and heard that, but I, I I'm gonna get a cylinder at some point. Edison made them. In fact, I don't know if it's still there, but you could go to the um, the I think there's a St. Louis. I don't know if it's the Natural History Museum or if it was the Rock and Roll one, but one of them had a uh uh the original recording that, that Thomas Edison did on tinfoil. And you could, you could hear that. but the Soundtrack. I want to preach to you this morning the soundtrack of my life. Music makes all things better. Just, it does. Now, for some of y'all who are very spiritual, just pray or intercede because I'm going to be unspiritual for a moment. Um... But I promise you that I'm getting somewhere, trying to get there, except I have no idea how to work my phone. There we go. Music makes all things better. It's why we have soundtracks and, and things like this. No, this one. By the way, Mike Schumacher's shaking right now. He is deathly afraid of sharks. But you don't have to be an aficionado. You just know if you hear that music, Something bad's about to happen. Or. By the way, thank y'all for absolutely preaching my sermon. Because when I play that music, what do y'all do? You hear soundtracks like this, and you just know it's epic. This isn't a small thing, this is gonna be a big one. Now, this one, you ought not know it, but everybody does. You may never know what it is, but you hear that music and you know you're not making it out alive. <laughs> but even if you don't know the song, now some of you, I love soundtracks, I listen to them a lot, and, and I just think that, that the, the, the people who, who, who write these, these great composers, they just blow my mind and their ability, even if you don't take it from from a movie or or anything of that nature. Just go back to Beethoven and Bach, the fact that they can create such emotion in their music. So some of you may know what this is, but even if you don't, it it evokes an emotion within us. Play this for a while, no one's going to bob their head. It doesn't get you all pumped up. It brings a sense of melancholy. Think about it, you figure out what it is. Some instruments just do that. You listen to a cello or a viola and it just gets you. Soundtracks add so much. For those of you who are very spiritual, they add them to audiobooks. So if you don't want to see the movies and think, oh, I can't believe you brought them, they do it in audiobooks. It made Louis L'Amour so much better. With the music and the sound effects behind it. In fact, when, when, when movies first started, they were silent films. There was no audience or, or, or audible uh, talk. They would put some words on the screen. But you know what they would do at the very beginning? They had a real orchestra that would set the stage. It just... It just does. The soundtrack sets the tone. The upbeat music, as we saw very quickly, it, it gets the head bobbing. It gets people excited. You, suspense is built by music. It's not really so much what you see, it's what you hear that just makes you come up with your own thoughts and scare yourself half to death. The, the sad tones can invoke emotion. And so it is, the soundtrack sets the tone, and our emotions just simply follow. They are swept away. I'm going to date myself, and I don't know why, I guess. I guess for some reason I've been nostalgic, but my, my youth and my childhood, when we would have a youth rally or something like that, every youth rally was followed by skating. Coach Light Skating Center in Bridgeton, Missouri, rocked. It was it was an awesome time. Of course, people would gather. I liked it because somewhere in the middle of all that, they would do the couple's skate, and it was the only time that I was legally allowed to hold a girl's hand according to my parents, and so I took advantage of that. But when I was at Gateway, we, we would use it. It became a great money uh, a fundraiser for us. If we could have a skate night, it was a fundraiser for us, and, and so because of that I planned several of these and was uh, uh, the head of several of these and we would get it together and part of the planning and maybe the most important part was the music. Because you had to DJ and this was the 90s, just 24 years ago, 1998, I mean that's just 24 short years ago. There was no Spotify, there was no YouTube music, there was no Pandora, it was just me and some of my friends, and a binder full of 300 CDs. You didn't make playlists back then. Your playlist was, I want this song off of this CD, and when it's done, you take the CD out, and you put the next CD in. I had a really cool setup. I mean, I didn't have it. Coach Light did, they had two CD players with a fader in the middle, and so you could play one CD and get it to song number three, and then when it was done, I would already have this CD scooped up to song number five, and I could fade over. I felt so important. It was amazing. And the responsibility, the weight of that responsibility was great. I had to choose the right song, like Crystal Lewis's People Get Ready, or Jackie Velasquez or Phillips, Craig, and Dean, or Petra, or Clay Cross, or Stephen Curtis Chapman, our new song. Oh, and and for him, and Hezekiah Walker. Unless you were born in the 90s, you have no idea who I just said, except maybe Stephen Curtis Chapman and maybe Phillips, Craig, and Dean. But I had to choose the song. I controlled the music, and because I controlled the music, the power went to my head. Because I'm weird this way, and I would do it. I would play a fast, upbeat song and watch everybody skate real fast. They'd get all excited. There's something about it, that pumping in the bass, and it would go. And then I would hit that fader and fade over to butterfly kisses. (laughs) Made no rhyme or reason. I just was wanting to try it out. And I would watch people just, without even thinking about it, they would slow down. I would play and... And, and, and use their emotions. That was mean. Now, you're sitting here today at 12, 27 p.m., July 3rd, trying to figure out how in the world I'm going to ever preach and quit reminiscing about the 90s and soundtracks. But actually, I've got a very important message about the soundtrack of your life. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 11. In Matthew chapter 11, we see an interesting thing that begins to happen. I don't have time to preach all of it, so let me skip over some of it. But Matthew chapter 11 starts with Jesus finishing, instructing his disciples. And he's preaching and he's teaching. And John the Baptist, who's stuck in prison, he's not yet lost his head, but he's stuck in prison. And he's sitting there trying to figure out, as we all do, it wasn't that he lost faith. But it's hard to feel the revival when you don't know if today will be your last day. And so just his humanity begins to get the best of him and he finally sends word to, through his disciples, John the Baptist disciples. He says, would you go and find Jesus and would you make sure that, that I'm still on the right track? that what i said when when i said i'm not there, there's one that comes after me and whose shoes i'm not worthy to unlatch is, is that still the one i mean he hasn't messed up right i mean he he's not left it all behind is, is this still the direction that's what john the baptist wants to know and so they come and they find Jesus, and Jesus looks at him and he says, "I want you to go tell John what you hear and what you see. Tell him the blind receive their sight. Tell him the deaf ears are unstopped. Tell him the dead are raised. Tell him that this is that." And and and, and they go back, and I'm sure John was very encouraged. But Jesus doesn't stop there. Jesus uses this opportunity to look at this the, these people that have gathered in front of him, and he says. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Did you go out in the wilderness just to see some shaky little anemic preacher that, that tickled your ears? Or did you go out to see somebody who's in soft clothing that, that, that you know, just looks the part? Or did you go out to find the prophet that would shake his bony finger in your face and says, Thus saith the Lord. He said, I'll quote from Malachi 3.1, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. You went out to see him, I tell you, among men born of woman is no one greater than John the Baptist. And then he makes this statement. It's repeated almost verbatim in Luke chapter 7 and verse 31. But Matthew 11.16 You you sense Jesus' exasperation with the crowd. He says, how shall I liken this generation? How can I compare it? It's like children sitting around the marketplaces calling to their playmates. And then, watch this next. This is the crux of the message. They're calling out to their playmates saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge for you. And you did not mourn. For John came neither eating or drinking. And they say he has a demon. And now Jesus says, I show up and I eat and I drink. And you say, look at him. He's a drunk and he's a glutton. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus is kind of frustrated at it. Jesus looks at him. And, and I have looked at that verse. I've read that verse. And, and I applied it a few different ways. But I don't know, about a month or so ago, the Bible just opened up the application to that little verse I played my flute and they did not dance and I sang a dirge and you did not mourn the application so profound speaking first of John the Baptist's coming and then to Jesus's coming the the, the people of Jerusalem had a problem they said Jesus you don't dance to the tune we play You don't respond the way we respond and John the Baptist didn't do it either when we would tell him to dance he would point his finger and preach hard and and, and so it is that that same application if I may say if I could condense my message into one phrase the soundtrack of this world is not what moves me I hear a sound greater than what I'm seeing in this world today. I have some that's moving me there is a music if you will that maybe you can't hear the way I hear it but every time I begin to read my Bible and every time that I begin to pray and every time I come to church and every time I see the news broadcast I hear a sound that this world may not hear I am not moved by what moves this world have you ever had it? I've had people do it. They'll say, hey, watch this. This is incredible, and I'm not talking about something bad. And then they'll say, this is the funniest thing you've ever seen. And they'll show it to me, and I don't think it's really funny, and it makes people mad. This world is saying, Brandon, we've piped to you. We've played, but you're not dancing. Why? We, we, we've tried to sing the funeral song and you're not mourning. Why? Because I am not following the course of a world that's hell-bent on bringing themselves into destruction. But day my Lord commands His steadfast love and at night His song is with me. When I go to bed at night, I'm not listening to Hollywood. When I go to bed tonight, I'm not dreaming about this world and what it has. But when I go to bed, I've got a song in my lips and almost every night... I feel the presence of God, the soundtrack of my life. Psalm 77 verse 6 says, let me remember my song in the night. If I go back to Psalms 42, this world's tune is not what moves me, but if you would look at the first verse, as the deer pants after the water brook. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. I know I don't always preach this way. I have tried to be a pastor that allows you to grow and allow you to have leeway. But I feel a calling in my spirit to tell you it's not the latest movie that moves me. I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat going, I wonder what song they're going to release next on Spotify. I'm not looking to see what Disney is going to do next. No, I wake up in the morning and there is something within me that says, Brandon, I'll let you make a cup of coffee first. But you better grab your Bible, and you better open your Bible. Why? Because there's a soundtrack I'm listening to that moves me. I've I've fallen into it, as many have, and it just blows my mind. You begin to see the degradation of our society. And and, and we want to be surprised by how far it's fallen. And if we're not careful, we'll just keep being surprised by how far it falls. But can I help you out? Who cares what Disney does next? Who cares what the latest movie and its degradation is gonna show? That ought not be what moves you, but what moves me is I was glad when they said unto me, Let me go into the house of the Lord. If you're a lady, it ought to be. I was glad when they said, We got a Bible study on Tuesday night. I wanna go and hear the second thing that Sister Angie's gonna talk about about that principle of being broken but healed. There's something that moves me. The old song that says, This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I got treasures laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's distant shore. I just can't feel at home in this world anymore. I know the world gets aggravated and they want me to move when they say move, and they want me to dance when they say dance, and they want me to lean this way when they lean that way, but I'm not gonna do it because I'm not listening. Henry David Thoreau, the great poet, said it this way, and he wasn't necessarily a godly man. I think he would have said he was a spiritual man, but I'm not sure if he was a godly man, but he said it this way. If a man doesn't keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer and let him step step to the music he hears, however measured or far away. Or an old proverb. I had always attributed it to a lady by the name of Angela Monet, but in studying it out, I realized it goes way back past her. It goes back to the 18th century. But it says, Those who danced were thought to be quite mad by those who could not hear the music. I love what we've done in this church on this Independence weekend. I love the fact that we didn't even hardly get the first song going. And there were people shouting. And there were people dancing. Hands raised, tears rolling down, faces. My life doesn't make sense to this world. But they don't hear the song I hear. It doesn't make a lot of sense why I would choose to live a life where I'm going to dress like a man and I'm going to act like a man and I'm going to come to church and I'm going to lift up holy hands without wrath and I'm going to be very careful what I set before my eyes and I'm going to be very careful what I put before my ears. It doesn't make sense to this world but they can't hear the drum beat that I hear. I hear the drum beat of heaven. I hear the drum beat of grace. I hear the drum beat of redemption and it's pounding day in and day out and I'm marching to the beat different drum and I have every day when I wake up God what is it that you want me to do where is it that you want me to go who is it that you want me to talk to and I don't have time for the things that used to move me and I don't have time for the things that used to get my attention because I'm marching to the beat of a different drum it's the soundtrack of my life I hear the cry And the pull of God's presence. Maybe you say, Brandon, I don't think in terms of soundtracks. I I get that. That's fine. If you're musical, you do. If you don't, so I'll take it off the soundtrack for a moment. I'll show you how easily it is. Going back to Henry David Thoreau. If a man doesn't keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music he hears, however measured or far away. I could sum it up in about four verses, different verses, but verses that represent different people. Genesis 5, 24 says it very simply, and Enoch walked with God. Or I could take you to Abraham, or rather Noah, Noah or Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9. And Noah walked with God. I could tell you what God told Abraham in Genesis 17:1. God told Abraham, walk before me. Later on, Abraham says to Isaac in Genesis 24:40, Abraham says, I walked before the Lord. Genesis 48, 15, Jacob reminds Joseph, the Lord before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, and I'm hastening to a close here in a moment, or at least I think I am, we'll decide. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 14. I'm getting to the point where I'm not moved by what moves this world. I hope you've got caught that, that premise. Paul begins to write in the New Testament, verse 14. And God and God raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, these two will become one flesh. But he who is joined with the Lord becomes one spirit with him. That works, but that's not the verse I want. Try 2 Corinthians. But it works. Can't serve two masters. I thought I was done, but the Lord gave me a whole other point that I don't have in my notes, so let's take it off and run with it for a moment. You don't know why sometimes it's hard to live for God? Because one day you're trying to follow the soundtrack of the world but on Sunday morning you're trying to get in step with the soundtrack of God and you're torn one and another and you don't know what to do with it. But I would take you to 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness... What accord with Christ, with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I'll make my dwelling among them, walk among them. I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Abraham walked with God. Enoch walked with God. What were they doing? I promise you there was a day, we talked a little bit about it in hyphen class today, but there was a moment where God knocks on Abraham's door and he says, Abraham, I know you're comfortable where you're at. Everything's going good, but I need you to uproot your entire family and I need you to leave them all behind, your extended family, and go to a land that I'm going to show you. And Abraham heard the beat of a different drum. And he turned around and he started walking with God. And it got so much that he taught his son how to walk with God. And his son taught his son how to walk with God. It takes a big man to build a boat when no one has ever seen a boat like that. It takes a big man to keep building for a hundred or so years when everybody else is making fun. But they could not hear the soundtrack. They could not hear the song that Noah was hearing. Noah heard it this way. Noah, I need you to build an heart because I'm done with what this world is doing. But I'm looking. I'm calling out a people. I'm going to allow you to be saved. I'm going to give you a way of safety if you'll follow me. I wrote, and, and, and I guess it's mine. I'm going to claim it, and I'm going to copyright it, and I'm going to make a lot of money. But the reason I don't follow the tune of this world is because this world is out of tune. It's lost the harmony with the presence of God. It used to be that that man and God seemed to be in harmony even if others didn't. But when we start making laws that go against even the moral commandments of God, this world is at odds with God, and so it's hard to walk in tune with something that's out of tune. But oh, I hear a different harmony. I heard it as a young child. I watched it in the life of elders, grandparents, pastors that I saw. And I would wonder, how in the world do they ever live that way? I I know my grandfather sinned. He had to have. He's human. But I never saw it. How do you live that way? I understand now. He wasn't marching to the tune of this world But there was a high calling. There was a high calling in Christ. And I've watched as my ancestors, my grandfather, my dad, my mother, I've watched as they've raised their eyes. Not on this world, but things above. And they've shown me how to hear the call of God so I'm pulled now inexplicably I mean just as just as as much as we saw it in in practice I could play that song and y'all started bobbing your head I hear the call of God and that worship just begins to flow Some of you are hearing it right now. Oh, others I think you're quite mad, but they don't hear the song you hear. They don't see the, the place you walked out of. I, I look across this audience and I see a lot of you that marched a long time to a drumbeat. It marched you into one night stands, it marched you into joints, it marched you into bars, it marched you into into beating up on people that you thought you loved, it marched you into all sorts of sin and chaos until you heard a different sound. And you heard a different sound and things started to move you differently. You used to make fun of the guy that would cry. But now you'll lift up holy hands and let those tears run down your face. You used to call them holy rollers. You used to say, well, they're just a bunch of cultish people. But you hear the cry of a redeemer that says, come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And no longer does the bottle give you respite but His presence. And so you march to a certain sound. Would you stand all across this building? There's more I could say, but I feel that molten moment right now. And I'm preaching to those who are walking according to His presence that are already hearing the voice of God, that are already hearing that heartbeat of God that pounds. But I'm also reaching someone who has yet to follow Him. But right now I hear his pull, I hear his drawing, he's saying come, follow, see what I'll do. Your marriage is falling apart, that's okay, why don't you give it to me and let me help you. You don't know how to handle your family, why don't you march to the beat of a savior that will give you wisdom and understanding. But God, I'll never... Never be able to be free of these addictions and of these sins but I've got a God who said while you were a sinner I died for you and I overcame death hell in the grave so that you could come on a Sunday morning maybe even a July 4th weekend and lift up your hands and let the king of glory rush in and fill you with his spirit and you'll hear a sound and it'll change your life Ishataya shata ya taro mo ko ya I ya Come on he's leading you right now I open altars in front why don't you step out of your seat if you're so inclined why don't you let the lord lead you maybe he's directing a prayer right now cuz you're sensitive to his his spirit you're sensitive to the drawing he's 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 leading you <laughs> oh let me hear your song lord let me hear your glory, Lord. Let me see your majesty, Lord. Hayamoko